want to be successful? Do you want to grow your business? Do you want to dominate the day? Then you're going to need big skip energy. Welcome to the Big Skip Energy Podcast. How are we doing? I'm feeling big and energetic. <laughs> well, you are not that big, but you are very energetic. Thank so you. If and you right. will, please introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. I'm Loretta Salsano. I have a law firm in Atlanta, Georgia called Francina Salsano that I've had since 1997. And I have the honor and pleasure of working with good folks like Skip and other lenders and brokers and real estate brokers and lots of settlement service providers all over the country from Alaska to Florida and beyond. And beyond. Ooh, I like that. As much fun as getting into some of the compliance weeds would be today, I want to shift our focus to something else. Now, Loretta, over the, I was going to say vast decades, that probably wouldn't be the best thing to say. So let's just say over your career, you have established yourself, at least to me, as one of the country's preeminent compliance consultants and attorneys. That kind of thing doesn't just happen by happenstance. So if you would share with me some of the secrets to your success over the years and what has brought you to where you are today. Oh my gosh, my secrets and my success. Well, gratefully, I came from an in-house counsel position at a time when my company was closing down. So it gave me the opportunity to start fresh with a really nice little financial safety net and colleagues who were spreading to other companies all over the country. So we had kind of a an organic business space. And we hired a marketing guy, and this was back in the day before social media or anything. And one of our strategies was really just to show up everywhere, to volunteer and show up for all the professional associations where there were folks that we would want to hire us, like the Mortgage Bankers of Georgia. We used to have the lots more associations, the Georgia's Association of Mortgage Brokers. There was another group called Nahima, which was the National Home Equity. I forgot about that one. So they remember, it was like a subprime. We can't say non-prime now. We try to say non-prime. non-prime, non-prime. non-prime. Yeah. yeah, and because we were coming out of subprime background at Fleet Finance, there was another group called GILA, the Georgia Equity Lenders Association. So we just started showing up. And if you show up and you volunteer and people are always looking for speakers, you're able to get yourself on the podium and get your brand out there. I was lucky enough to be invited very early in the uh, tenure of our firm to serve as legal counsel to the Georgia Association of Mortgage Brokers. And so that gave me a lot of credibility and it gave me the opportunity to testify here in Georgia for the GAFLA, remember the um, high cost mortgage law, and to gain some national notoriety. And then with Georgia being in the spotlight with the anti-predatory lending legislation, that really helped us to grow our practice outside of the Southeast. And I was also then gaining more exposure through national associations. And the reality is, sorry, other compliance lawyers out there, but most compliance lawyers are pretty boring. And I try to think of myself I try to be a little, I try to communicate very clearly. I don't try to impress anyone with legalese. I try to be more relaxed and I'm 
kind of funny sometimes. So I would get invited to speak at a lot of things and that helped too. So then when the predatory lending laws, anti-predatory lending laws started to spread around the country, that really helped. And with just showing up, being there, following up with people, I used to write a lot of handwritten notes. People I still see sometimes go, oh my gosh, I remember when I met you, you sent me a handwritten note. And I, yeah, I think it's a nice touch. It's hard now sometimes though, because people don't have an address on their business or it's around their website. So it's a little harder. And those are all things, but of course we have a foundation of providing, we're incredibly responsive. When I was in house counsel, I would try to hire lawyers to do things. And sometimes I wouldn't hear from them for weeks, let alone days. We try to get back to everybody the same day or at least the next day when they're seeking work. Or even if it's a client request, if we can't get it done immediately, of course, we'll at least let them know we got it and, and we're on it. And we provide excellent legal services that are tailored to every client's needs. So we it's sort of like a three-legged stool, right? We're really responsive. We have a great product and we deliver it in a way that it's easy for our clients to understand and tailored to their business. So I just, and I got lucky. It was just timing. I'm not buying the luck card. I was what actually you, what, Look what happened in the mortgage industry. Yeah, but I'm not going to sell you short like that, Loretta, because it's actually funny because I was on a podcast recently where I talked about luck versus intentional success. And it's kind of funny that you're saying that because, yeah, it's like, obviously the legal part of it, you got to have it, right? It's got to be sound. It's got to be, it's got to be comprehensive. It's got to be good. It's just like, let's just look at Kayla. You got to have. Because she's a visionary. Isn't she just a sparkling light on the side? That is my new best friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, but all joking aside, though, it's like, okay, to be successful today, you've got to have the nuts and bolts. That's a given. You can't go about it and half-ass everything. So, but like the things you mentioned before that about showing up, about being communicative, response is a huge one in, I think, every industry. Those are are the real difference makers that allow you to have that that expertise to shine. So you said, no, that's not a lot. It's not a lot. Well, it's funny. When we started the firm, we didn't know. We thought we would have to like mortgage lenders, banks, consumer finance companies, all different kinds of companies. And we didn't yeah. really know where we would get our business. And there were other things we sort of tried on for size that didn't fit with us mm-hmm. um, long term. But it's obviously with what happened in the mortgage industry and regulation, that just grew. And then because I was doing so much work regarding RESPA, I started to get a lot of clients other than lenders, which was really awesome too. And it's really been great now when Mark the market dips some to know we have real estate brokers, we have title companies, law firms, technology companies, insurance agencies, all these other folks that are still playing in the space. So it really helps uh, to balance things out. And of course, when things get tough, then folks are trying on for size, more creative ideas, maybe new markets, maybe new products. Maybe they're willing to take a little more risk because they have to keep their doors open. So it's been nice to give us a good balance and that I can, I'm still standing. Still say, oh, I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't sing the song. That is my guy, Oh, John. Yeah. So, all right. But you said something there that I want you to touch on a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So it's about saying no to things. So you brought up a good point that if you're out there, you're trying to build something, you've got to be diverse in your, your customer base, if you can be, of course, because for, just like you said, it doesn't put all, all of your eggs in one basket. But you said something before that about 
trying things out, acknowledging that maybe they weren't the best fit and saying no. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, when we first started, a lot of clients wanted us to help them with what I think of as general corporate work, like forming business entities and counseling them on the best type of entity and creating their governing documents. And because our rates were really tailored to a niche market, it didn't make economic sense for us to do that. And it really was not our expertise. Right. You can go out and find a corporate attorney for a simple LLC. It might make sense to just buy something off the shelf and tailor it to your own interests. Also, there are tax implications with entity formation that I want to have no part of. Right. We relatively early decided that we would have good referral partners for our clients who needed those services. Another thing that we did that grew up kind of organically because we had one client that was a debt collector, mm-hmm. they and they had a compliance need when their general counsel uh, retired, is we started to help them with their compliance work and litigation management. And we then had an associate who really built that practice. He's now the preeminent debt collection compliance lawyer in the country. I'll give a little shout out to John Bedard. And he was started with us after law school and he built a very vibrant practice representing debt collectors. And we were doing compliance and litigation defense for them. But culturally, debt collectors were very different than the space. And it was stressful for a lot of our attorneys to handle that work. And we decided, and it was different than how we marketed ourselves and shared profits among the owners. So it just made sense to say, John, why don't you start your own practice and you take all the debt collection clients and any other, he didn't really do that much mortgage, but he started his own firm many moons ago. And now we refer and Fabke just suggested me last week for an expert witness job that I'm doing that's super cool as well. Yeah, and I love him dearly. So like that was just not a good fit. And we had a lot of people in our firm who were doing that after the mortgage industry tanked in 2008, but it, it just wasn't worth it. Gotcha. Okay. So that's good. I think that, that's sound advice is knowing right. when, when to say no, when to pass off, when to refer out. So let's shift gears a little bit. Kayla, I know so social media is near and dear to you and you wanted to pick her brand a little bit and ask her a couple of things. Here's your so preload like, lines, Kayla. Yeah. Okay. I'm the ball over. This is not what you paid for. Yes. Pandora's box then. So she will bill you. Okay. So I'm just telling you. Thanks. I can't wait to get this bill. Um, Loretta, skip. Like people are leaning into social media a lot more lately. It's free. You reach a mass audience. You can be yourself. It is a way to create relationships, but also gain business. So we're seeing people dabble. We're seeing people really go head on into social Mm -hmm. media. So one of the things that I think a lot of lenders, especially banks, may I add, is they're afraid to even dip their toe in because Mm -hmm. they're scared of compliance because they don't understand compliance. So we're just not going to do anything at all. What are you seeing, or maybe you haven't seen, but in your experience, are you seeing a lot of people reaching out for advice, trying to understand the compliance of what they can and cannot do when it comes to social media for their banks or institutions? Sure, absolutely. In fact, I have pages and pages of a policy for a new bank client related to rescue and social media. So it's challenging and it's challenging because things are free and easy, like you say, but then things that you as a mortgage professional might do free and easily for a referral source or a potential referral source, like a real estate professional are going to be deemed to be still valuable. 
to that party, like reposting their listings, liking their posting, sending one of those cool closing pictures that features all of you together as a team. So these things you can do virtually for free and easily while you're promoting yourself, but they still have value to the party. So I think that any institution has to assess their appetite for risk. I don't think anyone's going to get raked over to the, the coals or go to RESPA jail if their loan originators like posts of real estate professionals. And they're probably going to do it for a whole host of people, not just people who have sent them deals. I think when it comes to re to sharing or reposting a listing, the key is to make that message about yourself as the loan originator. Like, hey, come see me at whatever this Sunday, or let me help you get into a great house like this or whatever it is. So the message is about you and not about the other provider. Uh, and again, doing that for a whole host of people, not doing it just for your the people who have sent you deals. I think those things are relatively low risk, but you're right. I In going to the American Bankers Association's regulatory compliance, I can tell you many banks don't do that because they have a much lower risk appetite right. than independents. And a lot of when you go to the MBA Rec Compliance Conference or the independent mortgage lenders, a lot of independent mortgage lenders are comfortable with that risk. And I think that's not an unreasonable risk. I think now with all of these postings, like at the closing, where you're staying there, maybe you're with your home buyers and you've gotten all the consents to post them. It's better if that message is just about you. I'm not so nervous if the uh, settlement agent or the law firm's brand is featured behind you because of the direction of the referral, right? The referral probably not from them to you, it's from you to them. But to the extent you can not include the real estate professionals messaging in there, or if you wish to, then maybe you both decide you're going to have a, like a co-marketing arrangement. You're going to have that picture with the two of you together without any endorsements, but you're each going to post that on your social media pages. The tricky thing is even a mutual referral arrangement violates RESPA, which is preposterous, but it's true. But a co-marketing arrangement does not. So again, I think that's something defensible. But the key is with any type of social media there aren't any new rules under RESPA or UDAP or licensing. Certainly there are rules, marketing rules, but whatever the rules are, they apply whether it's a billboard or social media or flyer. So you just want to make sure you you understand and are following the rules of the road. Do you find that people, I, I should rephrase this, but people that don't know where to start, do you just suggest, hey, contact your company's compliance department? find out, like, is that the first step that loan officers, whether they're at an independent company or a, right. uh, a bank should start if they have questions? Well, I think it it's best to start with the marketing department if there is a marketing department, because the marketing department should only be carrying out what the compliance department allows. And what I try to do with our clients is counsel them about how to give a nice, give a toolkit to their LOs so that they have all the materials that they know comply with the law and they know what they're allowed to do at their institution so that they have effective ways to marketing the market themselves without having to create them on their own. And then lots of times when I do like a RESPA training, I'll get all kinds of great ideas and everyone else does too. So it's always good to know that the real estate 
uh, that the LOs or the agents, whoever it is, can go to the marketing team with their new ideas to then implement them with in tandem with the compliance department. And sometimes it does take some um, shifting of what the plan might be. Sometimes, like I see a lot of super cool contests people want to do. And the challenges are you have to comply with the sweepstakes laws. Like who would even think about that? But there are all kinds of different laws that you have to take into consideration. So I would say maybe start with the marketing department to see what's already available. And then, and because they they probably speak your language more than the compliance. And some institutions don't want all the LOs running right to the compliance folks. Right. Well, I think the correct answer to Kayla's question, though, was the institution should hire. That's the first step before you even, that way the compliance knows what. That was my initial thought. Yeah. Let's just be honest here. Do you work in North Dakota? (laughs) Yeah, we're in all 15 states. Yeah, she goes everywhere. We're sitting in Georgia, so the way it works is we're allowed to give legal advice about the laws of every state as long as you understand that we don't have attorney's license in every state. And we're not holding ourselves out that way. And we're not sitting in those states. So we are licensed in several states. But we've been doing, I was doing 50 state compliance when I was in-house and we're, we do it now. But most of the laws that apply to these um, scenarios federal. are federal laws. Yeah. There are state law considerations if you want to have a contest. But most people, that's not what they're doing. Right. Most right. are not. Yeah. Well, and if you're a bank, you don't have to worry so much about the state laws. We're covered. Or if you Kayla just don't even care about law anyway, just go out there. You like read. a bandit, a ship pirate. Ask, ask for uh, forgiveness, not permission. Just That's do right. it. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, Loretta, as we come to a close, I would like you to share with the listeners where they can learn more about you, get in touch with you, and, of course, inquire about hiring your Oh, service. my God. I think you could just Google Loretta compliance attorney because back 10 years ago, men would do that. And to. I met in the bar, and I think it worked. So... <laughs> Um, it's true. It did work. It is Loretta Salzano, S-A-L-Z-A-N-O, and attorney. That will get you there. But sincerely, if you look up Respa attorney, lots of people find me that way. Certainly, if you put Loretta Respa attorney, I would show up, I'm sure. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Let's see. I can do that. See? Oh, Loretta Salzano. There I am. Yes. Oh. Loretta Respa. And we do lots of other compliance things, but all the alphabets. You have all the reg suit. So. Yeah, I do mainly Rutspa, Fair Lending. I do LOCOV, but I know enough. I've done all of them throughout my log. and Illustrious career. I, I have a question before we let Loretta go that I'm just yeah. right down. Yeah. What? Loretta, do you watch Suits on Netflix? I tried to watch it a little bit. Just right when Harry and Megan got together. My friend's like, I really need to watch it again. So I just was wondering if it was like similar or like to what I do. I still hear me not, but I thought maybe you could relate a little. And I know our audience, probably everyone's just watching suit. So I had to ask what the audience is probably wondering. Now, I guess I have to re- re-engage my Netflix subscription to come back. Or my username and password. Okay, perfect. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. It's fun. And hey, go Lions. Oh, my goodness. You can edit that out. See ya. Have a beautiful day. Thanks.